Cool. Let's go. There we go. Right, good, good. Easy, good, easy. Good, good, good. Good, good. Now you can hear us and see us. Try not to make fun of us. No. Um, <clears throat> so are you guys ready to start? Yep, After this ready. cool siren goes by? <clears throat> yes, yes, yes. All right. All right, we're going to start in five, four, <laughs> five, <laughs> can't do it. Five, four, three, two. Hi, everyone. I'm Jamie Hiles. I'm Lydia Judy. And I'm Derek Lamaster. And this is Scream Bloody Movies, the podcast where you get your horror movie news. We review a movie each week, and we decide on the fate of the world. <laughs> what are you guys doing? <laughs> it's a good thing that uh, I don't have that power. Yeah, yeah, there'd be uh, a lot of people that were history. <laughs> so what's new, guys? Anything? Got a new job. Mm. That is awesome. You told us about that. You just couldn't remember the name, so I'm hoping you found out the name before you went. I figured out the name, I good. found the place, and good. I started working. Good, good. <laughs> nice. You like it so far? Yeah, not bad. I did not Change start a new job. I stayed with the same one, and people just keep getting crazier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they make for fun stories to tell. They do. They do. Your friends. Anonymously, by the way. No, no spoilers. No spoilers. Yeah. So, I've got some horror movie news for you guys. There's not a lot going on this week as far as the horror news. Um, but what we do have is pretty interesting. I'm going to open with uh, this right here because it's a thread we picked up on last week. Remember last week we talked about a uh, new um, paranormal activity movie. We talked about what that would be if we're our interest level of that. Um, so uh, we've got um, we've got a rating now on this one and a title. So apparently it is rated R, of course, as it should be. It is uh, titled "Next of Kin: Paranormal Activity Next of Kin." It is a flat-out reboot. That'll drop on Paramount uh, Streaming sometime in October. So I, does that n news excite you any? Or is or your excitement level exactly the same as it was before? <laughs> what did you call it? Next of Kin. Next of Kin. So I'm assuming that it probably uh, involves <coughs> the <coughs> sibling to the original woman. Yeah. I would have assumed that it uh, was going to incorporate Barbie dolls as the uh, villains of the story, but that, the wrong wrong kin. That's just me. You don't know. I was assuming. I was It'll assuming. Be a play on words. Hey, if it's next of kin, they might incorporate Patrick Swayze, like they bring him back via seance. <laughs> wow. Sorry, Patrick. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't want to see Patrick Swayze come back, though? I would. No, that's I would love to yeah, see that. You know. Everybody would go see that. Yeah, I would definitely see it. So, uh, look for that this October, starring Patrick Swayze. Paranormal Activity, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put a disclaimer on this. 
<laughs> so, uh, Derek, you and I talked about this a little bit uh, off off mic, uh, but we were talking about the, and we talked about it a little bit last week, all three of us, about the um, PG thirteen rating for Venom. Let there be carnage, mm. and how we were all disappointed that it was PG thirteen, considering. Venom should be an R-rated character, and especially if you're introducing sure. Carnage. Yep. Uh, so I don't know if you knew this, but uh, the new Venom movie is being directed by Andy Serkis. Um, so that's that's cool. But he says what kind of what I talked about today, Derek, that uh, the PG-13 rating uh, is pushed clear up against the line. He said we could go down an R-rated adult version of this. Of course we could. You could have done that with the last film, but we wanted to reach a big audience with this, and there are several rules you have to abide by. However, having said that, I think we pushed to the very limits with danger and darkness in the threat and menace of carnage. Um, what do you think of that? Do you think that's a PR line? Do you think that it's the, the, the story's still going to be hurt by the fact that we have a PG-rated Venom as opposed to an R-rated Venom? Uh, yeah, I definitely think the story is going to be uh, heard just because, you know, that, that next tier is very broad, right? And you can do a lot of things within that that space. So I do think it is going to maybe hurt it a little bit. I'm sure it's going to still be entertaining, and it's going to be just a fun movie to watch. But, uh, you know, they also could have done what Deadpool did and then came out with a PG-13 version. <laughs> uh, that way you have kind of two cuts of that movie. Um, that would have been kind of fun to see. But also, you know, I also say that uh, with the generation of today, I mean, I, do they even card when you go to the movie theaters? To say, like, are you sure you're 13? But I, I get it. I get what they're getting at. Lydia, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree. Um, it's kind of hard to tell. Like, I Part of me wants to, to trust his judgment and you know he probably knows what he's doing so hopefully i mean if they're right on the line it might still be pretty good you know yeah well i mean i'm sure it's gonna be good but hopefully the, it's not terrible yeah that's hope not. <laughs> i mean you know uh as long as it's not amazing spider-man 2 levels of that um mm. i compared it to the uh the dark knight the dark knight is a pg-13 rated movie but it says close to an R-rated PG-13 as you could get, basically. I mean, it's pretty... The violence is pretty strong, but it's not graphic. Uh, the themes are very dark. Um, and it's, but it's still fun, and it's still a Batman movie. But it is a very hard PG-13. So, uh, I mean, I'm not saying this thing's going to be the Dark Knight. But I think it's going to be even close to in that level. Uh, but, you know, I like Andy Serkis. I like Tom Hardy. You know, Andy Serkis is Caesar, so I hail to him. <laughs> um, I mean, those were also very hard uh, PG-13, especially War of the Planet of the Apes. That was a pretty mm -hmm. pretty dire PG-13. <laughs> I remember going to the movies and seeing that, and like, whew, pretty dark. <laughs> pretty dark one. It's great, though. All of those movies are great. Okay, this is fun. Uh, Elvira makes her horror host return with Shudder's uh, Elvira's 40th anniversary very, very scary special. 
Ooh. I'm down with that. Yes, it uh, it will be the special debut Saturday, September 25th at 8 p.m. How excited are you guys for this? That's awesome. I'm pretty excited. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, up until yeah. a couple of years ago, every uh, every Halloween, like in that time period, Quincy and I would watch the Elvira, Mistress of the Dark movie. It's a great one. It yeah. is great. It's fun. It's a lot of fun. It's very funny. It has some great... Uh, <laughs> Uh, boob jokes. I mean, that's basically ninety percent of the movie is boob jokes. Yeah, well, you know, if you got it flaunted, I guess. Yeah, and she's definitely got it, and she should definitely flaunt it. Uh, yeah, I love Elvira. She's hilarious. She's fun. She's great. I'm excited to see this myself. Um. So this was big news. Um. As we know, we talked about Halloween Kills. Uh premiered at the Venice uh, Film Festival. Um, and as of this recording, it is 30 days away. So we're a month away from Halloween Kills, guys. But uh, this is news. Uh, Halloween Kills will, all, will be released at, on Peacock the same day as in theaters. So you, you pay a special tier for Peacock. I don't know what the rental price is. But uh, basically, you can pay to rent it on. Uh, you can pay to stream it on Peacock on October fifteenth if you'd rather uh, not go to the theater. So it's the same day and date that they've been uh, doing with, um, like HBO's movies. Yeah, Disney. In Disney, yes. But with HBO Max, you all you have to do is have the premium package of HBO yeah, Max, and you just get all those movies. Just I mean they're. That there's no extra crop cost, but with Disney, it was like thirty-five dollars for um, Black Widow, yeah. and uh, in the newest one. Um, so, with this, it doesn't give me a cost, but it does offer that uh, result due to the pandemic. What do you guys think of this um, day and date release for this movie? And are we still going to go see it in the theaters? Uh, yeah, I would love to go see it at theaters. Uh, I'm vaccinated, you're vaccinated. Lydia, are you vaccinated? You don't yes, have I'm to right. actually disclose that if you don't want to. But anyway. She is. She's vaccinated. <laughs> uh, I'm a proud vaccinator. <laughs> we are a vax podcast, dear folks. But I also uh, see where they're coming from. I mean, that's going to give them the broadest audience that they can to make, you know, the most money that they can. So I get it from their perspective, and that's probably the future of where we're headed anyway, um, hopefully there's still that novelty of being able to, to go to a movie theater. Well, I'm sure there will be, but... Well, the, it, it appears that, I mean, we're, we're getting to the point where there's going to be exclusive theater windows, 30 to 60 day theater windows before it's mm -hmm. streaming, uh, after, especially after we get past the pandemic, uh, in the, the depths of the pandemic. Um, we're going to get into more of that. Um, but... Um, I am going to. I still want to go see it in the theaters. I, yeah, I think that's I what agree. we should do. Um, it is cool to have the option <laughs> if we wanted to sit at home, you know. Um, and there's certain movies that I definitely thought about going to the theaters, but they were on HBO Max, so I decided to watch them on that. But um, you know, like uh, it was earlier in the pandemic, still like uh, Godzilla vs Kong. I wanted to go see in the, on the biggest screen possible, but. 
there, that wasn't really an option at that time. So I watched it on HBO Max. Um, but with this, I think we should, uh, I think we should make a Scream Bloody Movies date and go, go check out Halloween Kills. October 15th, guys. I'd be down for a field trip. I'll get my mom to sign my release. Yeah. I'm my slip. I'd make my own rules. I am married. <laughs> Me too, but I still make my own rules. <laughs> Lydia, do you make your own rules? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. Derek, I don't know, know where you're coming from. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and this is the last bit of, uh, of horror news. I say this one for last because I thought it would... Be something to discuss. Uh, there is a company, uh, Dish Network, said it will pay a viewer $1,300 to watch 13 movies based on Stephen King novels, such as Carrie, It, and The Shining. Um, the network wants to monitor any jump scares, screams, or lacks of sleep after watching the films. Participants will be given a worksheet to document their experiences. Changes in sleep and comments on just how scary the films were. How do you sign up for this? <laughs> yeah, sign me up. I think we could easily make it through 13 Stephen King movies, right? And it's back to back, yeah. right? So you gotta watch them back all. Back to back. So that's at uh, least I mean, 20. I think you could probably sleep at some point because they're wanting to know how badly you sleep, right? Well, so I mean, if you don't um, get a sleep for an entire day, because some of those movies I imagine are kind of long. Well, 13, the there's no way you yeah. can watch 13 in a day. Uh, is that a I challenge? Mean, even with simple math, that's impossible. Well, I mean, no, but yeah, in one like stint, I see what you're saying. Yeah, 24-hour yes. period. Yeah, a 24-hour period. So, um, <coughs> yeah, so the goal is, uh, in a separate opportunity, Finance Buzz is recruiting horror movie heart rate analysts. Their goal is to determine whether a movie's budget influences its dread-inducing factor. <laughs> so that way they can tell how much they can spend on horror movies, essentially. Those guys will only provide a $50 gift card, as opposed to the other one that is uh, $1,300 for the 13 Stephen King movies. Hmm. Yeah, I'm totally... We should look into signing up for this. <laughs> <laughs> so what do you guys think of this, like, experiment? Like, I mean... I'm really curious about what... I don't know. So here's my... Oh, uh, oh go ahead, Lydia. I'm sorry. I, I'm... It's just like how do they decide? I mean, I guess it be, just because it like varies from person to person on like what they're scared of and how they're feeling, kind of. That's yeah, that's definitely correct. Um, I mean, something that scares me couldn't doesn't necessarily scare you, or mm-hmm. vice versa. Um, so yeah, it's it's all tastes. Um, as far as the heart rate one goes, I mean, that's that's interesting to see if budget. I do not. I think budget can affect a movie as far as. The compromised vision of the of the filmmaker, but I don't think the higher the budget, the better the film by any stretch. Mm. I mean, yeah, the, the Evil Dead was made for two hundred fifty thousand, two hundred seventy five thousand dollars in nineteen seventy nine. So you know, I mean, and it's it's the Evil Dead now, whereas you know uh, that uh, one horror movie starring Gary Oldman, uh, the The Unborn, was probably made for couple million dollars and was way worse <laughs> than well, the evil debt. Yeah, and so the one there's two things about this that uh, I'm curious about. One is uh, people are desensitized 
to a lot of horror movies, especially ones that are kind of a little dated. You know, some of them are classics and some of them have that like, uh, uh, you know, kind of clout around them. But like, you, you, you've probably seen these movies or at least a couple of them. So I feel like well, that's yeah. kind of a tainted perspective to go into it because you're, you probably know where all these are. I wonder what the, like if they're Unless, super selective yeah. on who they choose. Yeah, that's what I was getting, getting <clears throat> like at. Like what maybe are the criteria, they, maybe you've never seen these movies before. Yeah, which would be, you know, so you'd get basically, if if you haven't seen a bunch of Stephen King movies and you're just probably not a fan of horror movies, so you're getting non-horror fans to yeah. watch horror movies to see what scares them, which is probably not the best way to go about that. Uh, right. Um, because, I mean, they're probably just not going to be fans of it regardless, right? Yeah, I would say uh, if I were to give that uh, idea a grade, I would give it a C minus. <laughs> Could you imagine being a non horror watcher and getting paid to sit down and watch all of Stephen King's movies? <laughs> no. How amazing that would be! Amazing. Like, you would have to. You would have to be a fan after. I feel like. Yeah, that's what I'm be. saying. It would have to. It would have to turn you into. It. Unless the ones yeah. they picked were like fucking Dreamcatcher or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'd be like, "What is this stuff?" I'm gonna make you watch Dreamcatcher and the oh remake of Pet Cemetery. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. And then they would know don't make a movie like that because that's <laughs> yeah, not scary. This sort of their or their heart rate would go crazy and they would be like, make more movies like that. That'd be And then terrifying. all the horror community would be pissed. Yeah. Like, don't do that. Movie sucks. You know what I wish that they would do? I wish that they would get like thirteen uh, new release films that are gonna come out mm. I mean, it doesn't have to be 13 but like you know here are these 13 movies we want you to be the like test audience and you sign up for it and then you get because then you're getting a genuine reaction from people who enjoy that genre who have never seen those movies because they're new and i think you get a more pure response out of that i agree that's a, that's Man, a way. Be fun yeah i think we should do, do our that. own experiment i think instead of 13 well of course because that's a lot we should do a time-lapse marathon, and we'll watch, let's say, what do you guys think, four movies? I think four is great, yeah. Four movies in a day. We'll all three get together, we'll watch them, we'll do like a time-lapse marathon of it, and then present our uh, results at the end of it. So we will let you guys pick the movies, uh, as long as they're not ones that we are going to review in the near future. So you guys get to pick the movies for this for uh, Film Marathon. What do you guys think of this idea? Yeah, I think <laughs> we should probably do it at the beginning of next year. <laughs> yes, it'll be next year because yeah. we have this year booked. But yeah, are you guys down for this? I'm down with that. If we get the responses and we get some movies thrown out there, I'd be down. I'm down. We'll get some popcorn. We no, get some, no. Like, we did monitors. popcorn last week. <laughs> We're never going to do it again. No, I meant the actual <laughs> food. <laughs> oh... Jeez. What were you saying, Lydia? We need to get heart monitors and Ooh, yeah. get our Apple Watches on. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. And have our Apple Ooh, Watches. Good idea. Monitor it. Uh, so you guys better pick some good movies. And we need all the responses we can get. That was the most organic thing we've ever come up with. <laughs> right here on the spot. Beautiful. <laughs> you guys saw it Love here it. first. Love it. All right. So now that we've booked ourselves in some crazy four-film marathon, <laughs> at the mercy of our uh, 
viewers slash listeners. Let's get into, let's dig into today's uh, film. Uh, we're, of course, doing um, The Witch. Um, which is Robert Edgar's uh, feature film debut, actually. Um, we'll get to Robert Edgar's newest one soon as well, uh, The Lighthouse. That's an interesting, interesting movie. I don't know if either of you guys have seen that. I have. It's an interesting one. It's, we'll, we'll definitely have some stuff to say about that. I will definitely think I have more to say about The Lighthouse than today's, uh, but just because of a bunch of crazy shit happens. <laughs> yeah, so, no crazy shit happens in this movie. Ah, scary <laughs> shit. We'll get into it. We're going to get into it. It just happens very slowly. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, Lydia, you've seen this movie before, and you really enjoy this movie, yes? Yes, I've seen this movie probably five <laughs> times now. I love it. I don't know. I, I'm giving away my... Yeah, my, yes, that's you know, fine. I, we'll, we'll, obviously, I like this we'll movie. We'll dig into it more. We'll, Derek and I won't talk about whether we liked it or not, but we'll talk about our experience with this movie. Derek, this is your first time watching it, yes? Yep. Yep. Sure is. This so, is the first for me that I like. Derek hasn't seen the one that I've seen. I know. Like. Well, last week you and I were in the opposite boat because we had no yeah. idea what the hell popcorn was. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, and, now, and now you know. And now yeah, you know. Now, now, we, know. now we're like, oh, it's a grainy show on YouTube. <laughs> Wait till we get to uh, Children of the Night, and you're going to be like, oh. Derek, you did it to us again. What is this? <laughs> I can't wait for Children of the Night, first one. <laughs> oh, but you, you should. Uh, wait till we get to Hayride 2. <laughs> oh my god, what's the one with John Rocker? Season 7, we'll be hitting Hayride 2. We'll that was the Greenskeeper. <laughs> the Greenskeeper as John Rocker. Anyway. Yes, yes. Um, so this is my second time seeing this movie. I watched it back in 2015 when it came out. Um, but I haven't seen it in a long time. Uh, since 2015. So it was almost, when I watched it this time, it was almost like watching it for the first time. Because I remember basically the atmosphere of the movie and uh, a couple of the significant beats, but that was about it. So it was like kind of going in, re-watching this movie. Um, because it, it wasn't on my, uh, I didn't, didn't buy it, I didn't own it or anything. It's you know not like Creep Show or something. So, <laughs> which... Uh, by the way, actually, was we've been saying last week for popcorn, <coughs> popcorn was two weeks ago. Last week was creep show. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. that's right. We're just recording in advance. What happens? Right. Time flies when you're. Little inside fun. baseball for you. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, start with this movie. Um, we open with this kind of. Uh, these guys basically being it's a family they're in a church setting we're set in like the the puritan times we don't have like an exact date uh these people are hardcore uh, puritan christians and if you don't know anything about puritan times they were very the church everything revolved around the church essentially so our protagonist family um at the beginning of the movie, basically gets excommunicated from the church. Um, and we don't know the reasoning. We just see that he's having a conversation with them, and they basically say, 
you're not welcome to here or whatever. And William, who is the patriarch, patriarch of the family, leaves with his family, and uh, they all ride off into the uh, wilderness on a horse and buggy. And um, we get a great score to open the movie. We get like this little cool little score. And then the title pops up, which is not a W, but two Vs put together for the witch. Uh, very neat. Uh, what do you guys think of this opening scene? I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I always do that. I'm just like, Why yeah, for? I like it. I like it. Um, I, so, I don't, you, uh, I don't even know how to explain how I feel about this movie. You know what? I don't get to see a lot of movies, like, set in this time. <clears throat> For one, I love listening to them talk so much. I don't even know. Like, their accent that's, is amazing. Wardrobe, amazing. Sound, amazing. Like, everything about it, I love. The color, love it. It immediately draws me in. I'm, like, interested. I, I get quiet, and I just want to listen. And just like, because it's a quiet movie. So that's, you bring up a very good point. I'll get to you in a second, Derek. But uh, you bring up a very good point about the <clears throat> the dialogue. Because they speak in Old English. Mm-hmm. So I had to turn on the subtitles. Uh, because I watched this on uh, Comcast, or on uh, DirecTV, Showtime. And I, the, the sound wasn't awful, it was fine. But they were speaking, you know, quickly and in, in old English. I was like, what the hell did that guy just say? <laughs> they're, like, they're like, out with thee, what the fight? And you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> so I turned on the subtitles so I could see when he's like, be still, you know, peace. Because he, he said peace, peace. And I was like, is he saying, did he say pee? What's he saying? I don't understand. <laughs> so, yeah, then I understood. So that's a, that's a thing that, uh, might turn off some uh, viewers is that they speak in Old English. It's kind of like uh, that whole um, Romeo and Juliet, the uh, DiCaprio version, when they it's set and monetized, but they're some for some reason speaking Old English and shooting at each other with guns. It's that movie is a fucking trip. <laughs> that movie's a fucking trip. But uh, it's an acquired taste. It's something that you have to settle into. Then once. As the movie went on, it was became less distracting. I was understanding it easier, especially with the subtitles. Derek, what are your thoughts on this opening scene? Um, I thought it was interesting, uh, and I was kind of drawn in. And the dad's voice is like he's super unique, mm-hmm. and through the entire movie, so good. Like I, you know, he embodies that character very, very well. I think this movie was cast very well. From I mean, every single Perfect. character was cast very well. Um, and that's the reason I'm going to give it a the mark I'm going to give it at the end. But uh, yeah, I was intrigued. I was like, why are they getting excommunicated? You wanted the backstory. You wanted to see that. Um, the fact that uh, you know also made me appreciate the times that we live in. As turbulent yes. as they can be, you still can't. You know, they just decide, hey, we don't want you to be a part of our community anymore. Uh, away with you. So it was it was uh, it was interesting. It definitely drew me in. Well, the good news for me is I can't be excommunicated from any church. <laughs> yeah, right. Because <laughs> I don't belong to any. 
the whole time I was watching this movie, I was like, man. <laughs> yeah, I had that same reaction. I don't reaction. know how I could, I could never have made it. I'd have been like, you fools. Yeah, you know, what are you doing? It's the devil. You're like, what? That's stupid. <laughs> well, uh, there's a scene that we'll get to in a little bit with some medicine that really fucking cracked me up because of me being, uh, you know. Uh, is it this scene right here? Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get to it. I was it. like, oh my we'll god. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Um, so, yeah, there's. Uh, it shows them, like, some quick shots before they're setting up their farm that uh, they're in. There's, like, those one little weird quick shot that, like, I wrote it down. Because it's just, like, literally a two second shot of them setting, like, a fire. It's almost like a subliminal flash. The scene's so short. And I was like, wonder why the hell that's in there. And But I think I know why. I think it's. Alluding to the end of the movie. Um, I think it's a subliminal hint to basically the very end of this movie. Because <coughs> as I watched it, I was like, what the fuck? What? That was kind of a weird shot. This movie's very meticulous, and I don't know why that shot's in there. Um, so, time has passed. It's an indeterminate amount of time that has passed. Um, it's at least a little while, because it's at least another season almost has passed. Uh, they have a little baby... They have a little baby uh, named Sammy. So the, the, basically the family is William, uh, the wife. I don't remember. What's the wife's name? Mm. Mama Puritan? Yeah, Mama Puritan. That sounds good. Let's go with that. <laughs> um, there is Caleb, who is the uh, oldest boy. Mm-hmm. Um, are you looking it up, Lydia? Yes, ma'am. Okay, good. 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 I am without phone. What'd you say? I said, I am without phone. Oh. Catherine. Catherine. Okay, okay. Catherine. So so you have uh, Catherine, yeah, Caleb, who's the oldest boy. Our main protagonist is Thomason, which is a quite unique name. Love it. Thomason. I, went, which I was like, huh, <laughs> intriguing. Um, and then you have the twins. Um, what are the twins' names? Yeah, you have that pulled Mercy, up? Mercy and Jonas. Mercy and Jonas, yes, yes. I'd give those kids a little bit of mercy. Yeah, well, I, I, you give them very little mercy. <laughs> That's what I meant to say. I, well, you've raised your fist, and you're like, I'll give them all the mercy they need. <clears throat> like, that doesn't make any sense. You have to be patient with kids, is what I meant. You have to be very patient with them. I'll show you by being merciful. Um, so uh, the first big scene we get is um, we see, um, like, this creepiness going on, right? Um the, the first big, like, thing happens is that the baby Sammy gets taken. He's taken. We get this. Go ahead. This is such an innocent scene, right? You've got big sister playing with the little baby. Yes. Playing mm-hmm. peekaboo, right? And it's your worst fear, man. You, like, you close your eyes for a second and you appear and the baby's gone. And you're like, well, I know that little little guy didn't just crawl away. <laughs> like, 
And then, like you know, something she, sinister just happened. Yeah. Right. And uh, and it's just like completely out of the blue in that those few seconds. So just something so innocent that face. turns into tragedy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. Good. Oh yeah, that's it's a uh, great. I mean, like the her fear, the uh, like the 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 confusion. Um, and then we get to see the titular witch. We see like this um, naked, creepy, <laughs> saggy skin thing yeah. uh, with the baby, and essentially looks like it. She eats the baby, um, and rubs, rubs the baby the, all over over her. her. And yes. There's a there's a very great uh, scene, a, a great shot where, um, like, she walks up to the baby, and you see the baby laying there, and she starts to like kind of uh, touch the baby's belly, little pop belly and stuff, and <clears throat> and I, uh, you know, it's very unnerving. And as I was watching it, I couldn't help but think about a similar scene in another movie that was horribly done, which is a. Uh, Halloween, The Curse of Michael Myers, which we'll get to eventually. And I was like, wow, isn't that funny that the same kind of idea can just be so much better in one movie than the other? But, um, and we, we just, we don't get to see much. We just see the, the body, a little bit of the, of the naked body, which, Probably by the best. way, well, yeah, I was watching it and I was like, why does this character look familiar? Then I realized it, it looks like the old man from the Unforgiven video. <laughs> Which we will we will put right here. So I was like, "Oh, that's why it looks so familiar to me." Um. So the next <coughs> bit, um, we have the mom crying horribly. Like basically, she's just uh, Catherine is inconsolable. She's behind a sheet. Caleb wakes up in the morning and uh, hears her praying and crying, praying and crying, praying and crying. And um, he he wakes up and he sees uh, Tomlinson laying there, and he totally like checks out her boobs. Oh yeah, I wrote my notes uh, per per brother Caleb. Well, I mean, <laughs> so uh, yeah, obviously that's probably not the 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 direction you want to go. But they've been excommunicated, and he's coming of age, like I. It would probably be the most natural thing to, to unfortunately do He's got no that. one else to look at. That's exactly right. Yeah. 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 So, uh, uh, that's Derek, an unfortunate situation. It is. I do like your comment as you, you said, that's probably not the way to go. <laughs> <laughs> probably not. Probably not. Not. Oh, man. Yeah. Poor kids going through a lot. That's definitely the way. That's probably not the way. I mean. Who knows? And she, if she's hot enough. <laughs> I mean, also, you got to think about the times. That might have been more acceptable back then. Well, we'll get to some of that. We'll get to some of that coming up in a little bit. Uh, some yeah. of the things that were acceptable at the times. Um, well, and he also knows, though, which is the thing. He, you know, he knows it was bad. But anyway, go ahead. Well, yeah, yeah he definitely knows it was bad. So, um... He and his dad, Caleb and his dad, go out into the, the woods, uh, <clears throat> which they're not supposed to go out. The, the woods essentially equate evil. Uh, there's something evil in those woods. Uh, but they're, they're having a really bad crop year. Uh, like, 
the worst. They, we see him looking at the corn, and it's rotten. And he tells him, we're not going to make it through another season. You know, we need to go out and shoot. We need to, we need to kill something. We need to have something to eat. Um, <clears throat> so he goes out with his son and their dog. Um, what's the dog's name? Fowler. Fowler, yeah. Yeah, Fowler. Son of a bitch. So mean to Fowler. <laughs> Poor dog. I know. So they go out with Fowler, um, and they're in the woods, and they go to set this um, bear trap. And on their way to go set this, this well, not necessarily a bear trap, but a, but a rabbit trap. Uh, on their way to go do this, he's quizzing his son on the Bible and on religion and on God because that's all these people know and that's all these people talk about. They literally live their lives to be in fear of God so they can eventually <coughs> meet God is the way of the time. And I thought that was... I mean, that's how it was for a lot of people. But I think it was a very interesting character beat because in the next scene, we see him... Because they, you know, they're... They said they can't look for the for, for Sammy anymore. Says he's gone, the wolves took him. Is there excuse? The wolf a wolf came and took him. Uh, so if the wolf didn't get him, hunger has already gotten him and he is gone. So they can't look for him anymore. Yeah. Um so while they're setting the trap, he starts quizzing him on is everybody born with sin? And is everybody uh doomed to hell do you have to repent to go to heaven and is sammy in hell basically is sammy in hell is my brother in hell am i going to hell if i died and i didn't repent in time and it's this kind of really heartbreaking scene because this poor kid has been indoctrinated to believe that you know everybody is bad and basically there's no grace you know there's no grace and you have to live your whole life in fear. What did you guys think of that scene? Definitely sad. Um, he's, like, worried about his baby brother, like, going to hell, basically. Which every... The whole family is just worried that, like, if the baby was killed, that he's probably in hell. Because he wasn't baptized. Which is <coughs> so sad that they're all terrified of that. When it's, you know... and But I do think it's sweet that the dad kind of explains like you know things happen and you know if you know god knows if you're a good person or mm -hmm. you're a bad person yeah it's gonna be okay i thought that was a really touching moment yeah derek um yeah you know the that whole rule by fear thing just really blows my mind I don't want to go too deep into it, but uh, it was a very touching scene. Um, it was, uh, you know, very, uh, it set the tone very well of, you know, the family and, you know, what they're kind of going through at the time and just how hard it is, especially being not part of a community any longer, but you're kind of on your own and that struggle that uh, it would be real, it'd be a real struggle. Yeah, and the struggle is two-pronged, because uh, yeah. on one, they're trying to just survive, right? I mean, they're yeah. trying to find food just to survive. 
Um, and at the same time, on top of that, they're going through this philosophical religious struggle because they've been excommunicated from their uh, connection to God, supposedly. And uh, they feel shunned. And um, these things were kind of beaten to them probably as they when they were kids. So it's, you know, it's the cycle just repeating. So, yes, you're right, Lydia. It is, it is great when uh, he basically comforts him saying... God knows if you're a good person or not. Uh, you know, you don't have to worry about that kind of thing. Um, even though it's, you know, goes against some of the stuff he's already said. I we know. Find out That's little... the, the hypocrisy of it. But anyway. And, and we find out a little bit about William and his hypocrisy. I mean, that's kind of a through line <clears throat> in this movie. Uh, is He's a man of dual nature and a man of... Um, a confused, broken man, essentially. Uh, who is of kind of two minds. There's a part of his mind that I think is wanting to uh, adopt a, a rational, reasonable thought, but there's another part of him that can't let go of the tradition that he was brought up in. So that's interesting to me. Uh, so what happens next is they Fowler starts barking and they see a little rabbit in the woods, and he goes to shoot it. And first of all, this gun is so funny. <laughs> Like the old school guns, he has a like a long wick attached to it, and he you know has to wait for it to burn down, and just I mean, God, if they they if they watched a, like an eighty Stallone movie, would have blew their fucking minds. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a really funny story about a muzzleloader. Oh, it's not mine, so I have some family that live in Kentucky. That should tell you a lot. Anyway, uh, they were out, uh, I think they were just, they were deer hunting. Anyway, the uh, the guy loads his muzzleloader and puts it up there. And I don't know if it was his first time shooting this muzzleloader or not, but man, that those things have a lot of kick. And when it kicked back, it like, I mean, really badly uh, blackened his eye. I mean, it was huge. <laughs> it was really funny. I got an enjoyment out of it. Yeah, that's why we promote gun safety here. It's going to be plenty of movies. <laughs> that does not occur. But uh, when, he, when he shoots it, it backfires and, and hits his eye. And uh, when I first saw it, I was like expecting him to have like a, you know, I don't know, like messed up eye or, or something. But he's like perfectly fine. He yeah, I did too. He's kind of like, he's kind of like, ah! And then Fowler comes over to see me. So he's like, get away from me, fool dog! And you're like... Oh, I would have let Lily just lick the shit out of it. Like, yeah. <laughs> it hurts. Help me. <laughs> no, I fully expected him to have uh, more damage to it. Yeah. It, it's almost like it just... <clears throat> which is something Barked. that talks about. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of like that, that scene was just to show the, the bad luck of the family, the, the bad omen that's surrounding them in the evil that's... You know, you know what I mean. Yeah. As opposed to it doing something, being something that just inflicts a lot of damage and and whatnot. It's not like a, it's just another kick in the, in the cojones because they get nothing out of it. Like that whole trip was wasted because they found well, I nothing. I think, like as my like fifth time watching this, I think that that rabbit was directly related to some evil oh, it totally stuff is. that you find out later. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Because it's there. Yes, I agree. In every. Like when it, when it, the bad stuff does happen. Yeah, I have a uh, I have a, a theory on that. Um, I, my theory is that uh, this is a, a, a 
prequelized version of Looney Tunes. <laughs> and that, that is, that's Bud's buddy <laughs> defeating Fudd's, uh, Elmer Fudd's ancestors. What do you think? I think it's a good pitch. <laughs> the first live-action Looney Tunes. <laughs> that's a great pitch. All she got to do is bring in Michael Jordan and Brendan Fraser, and we're good to go. So when they get back, um, when they get back from the woods, uh, the, the, the mom is there. And this is where we start to see that the mom kind of is, well, not kind of, she is a complete bitch to Tom, uh, Thomason. Like, there is something, it's like she's jealous of the youth that Thomas, Thomason has in the promise that, of, of what a life could be for her. Because she, like, is always expecting everything from her. And everything that happens is always her fault. So she yells at her for, for the twins. You know, so we get, the next shot we see, we see the twins, like, kind of dancing. And they're chasing the goat. Uh, which is, uh, um, what do they call it? Black, uh... Black Philip. Black, Black Philip, yes. So they're, they're dancing with Black Philip and who's this this like uh, horned goat is what would you call it a ram yeah later we find out he's yeah bad yeah <laughs> well that was cream bloody movies folks good night <laughs> I'll, I'll cut that piece out it was a it was a really poorly delivered joke anyway I'll cut oh it out. god <laughs> so anyway uh they, they're dancing with, they're dancing, they're singing a song about Black Phillip. They have this song that they sing about him. Um, and once they, um, she tells them basically to, to get the twins, he comes in and he grabs Black Phillip by the horns, William does, pushes him back in and locks the gate. And he's, you know, they see that he's like hurt, essentially. And the mom is very upset. Where were you? What was going on? And Caleb lies because the, the the father said, "Hey, don't tell her anything." Because he also tells her him, "I sold your mother's uh, silver cup. I sold your mother's silver cup for the trap that we're setting, and these supplies <clears throat> so we can eat." And he says, "Don't speak a word of this to your mother. She can never know that we went out here to do these things." So. Caleb, when she confronts them and she's doing her thing, he um, he lies and says that they went to uh, pick apples. Uh, they didn't tell him tell her because it was supposed to be a surprise. So she kind of lets them off. She makes Tom uh, Thomason go and change her father's shirt, which is this really awkward thing. He like stands there while she takes off his shirt and stuff. And that was, that was really creepy on the first watch. Yeah. The, like, her untying her dad's shirt. Yeah. I, like, that is like, you're like, oh no, this can't be good. But then it's, it's yeah. fine. It's, it's innocent. Good. It's innocent in their eyes. There's yeah. nothing wrong with it. But yeah. it's still, like, I mean, it's just this, that's the woman's place is to take care of the man at this mm-hmm. point. And so she unties it, and the next shot we get is this great shot of good old uh, shirtless and pantsless, because he's wearing, like, some kind of, like, loincloth made of silk or whatever. I doubt it's yeah. silk. I mean, before. But some kind of uh, cloth. It just looks like a sheet. Yeah, maybe a sheet. Yeah, and he's just kind of chopping wood. 
So they're probably his only clothes that she just went to wash. So yeah, so, like I'll just rip the sheets. Yeah, she the, he still had to cut the wood to build some benches. <laughs> that guy is ripped too. Yeah, he, he he is in good shape considering. Yeah, if you cut that um, much wood. Yep. Right. Yep. 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 Chopping the wood. So <laughs> um, he is so perfect for that role. He really is. He really, was, he really yeah. is. Um. So next we get a scene where um, basically the uh, she um, they have dinner right. There's this dinner scene. Prior to the dinner scene, there's a scene with with both Caleb and uh, Thomason at the creek, and they go to the creek and she because she's washing her father's clothes like she was told. Yeah. So she's down at the creek washing her father's clothes. And Caleb comes over and to join her and pervs on her again hardcore. Like just Those hormones, man. Yeah, it's just starts perving on her and she, she's oblivious to the perviness. She just thinks he's like, you know, what's wrong? Is something bothering you? And then uh they come over and they start like you know, joking around and I was guys I'm not gonna lie, I was really worried <clears throat> at this scene the fir- <laughs> the first time and this time watching because I didn't remember. I was like, there's there's not, like, incest in this movie. Is there what's going to happen here? Um, but no, luckily not. Instead, we get, uh, she cheers him up, tells him everything's going to be okay. She starts tickling him. He tickles her back. And then Mercy shows up in the uh, grass, and she's like, I'm the witch of the woods. I'm the witch. I'm the witch. And uh, Black Philip told me. And all of this. And basically, Thomason gets so pissed off and annoyed with these little brats. She calls them spoiled brats because, I mean, they are. She gets tired of these spoiled brat kids that she um, says that she's actually the witch. She's the witch of the woods. And as soon as she said it, I was like, no, no, don't even, don't even joke about it with these people. These folks are serious. Yeah. (laughs) These, These folks are serious about this shit. Um, so well, she it, jokes, it gets she tells serious. Her, it gets serious later yeah. on, yeah. Yeah. And she's like, I'm the witch. I, uh, I'm the one that took, um, Sam, Samuel. I'm the one that, uh, is doing this. I fly at night. I sign my name in the book. I dance by the fire. I do all these things. And the kids are, or she, she, she's, Mercy's terrified. At first, and, and the whole time Kayla was yelling, uh, don't tell her these fantasies because they speak in old English. Um, so she's tell he's telling her not to, not to speak of the fantasies and why do you tell these tales and <clears throat> whatever. Don't listen to her. She's just in jest and, and shit like that. And um, she runs off. She says, "Don't tell anybody or I will eat you next." And so they go off to dinner. And during this dinner, which by the way, they're about this about this scene because I uh, yeah I made a I made a prediction that turned out to be wrong. Well, actually, it was kind of right, but it was it was mostly wrong. So like, I had kind of thought, oh, maybe she is kind of showing her cards here. Maybe the witch has actually like taken places because I would have assumed that her like sacrificing a baby and rubbing its blood would make her younger. 
which I, I oh I see. see yeah yeah I thought well, that yeah. uh, <clears throat> she might have switched places and this was her like kind of showing her cards tipping her hand and I was wrong yeah, about and that we but... don't yeah I mean we really don't know a lot I mean that's mm-hmm. what's kind of interesting is <clears throat> I thought I mean I thought for sure she was you know just being just being a, a teenage girl you know mm-hmm. that's annoyed with her little kids I used to tell my brother that there were flying butts that went around and ate people um, so, <laughs> so that's what that's what older siblings do to their annoying younger siblings you know what are you gonna do yeah <laughs> but um this dinner scene is really interesting first of all it opens with them praying all of them praying together and uh they start separating the food, and there is just, yes, the, yeah, the prayer, like, the prayer hands. That is so, <coughs> like, oh my god. Awkward, so right? Crazy. So creepy. It's so weird. It's creepy. It's like, <laughs> it looks like they're just training to be waiters on, like, uh, <laughs> Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> <clears throat> or they're holding up, uh. A, uh, a foot-long sandwich, a big, a big sandwich, like a three-foot-long sandwich. Um, so they, uh, they're, they're doing their prayers, and they start splitting the food. And it's crazy. What is that? Bread? Like, it's like a pita almost, right? Like, it's a little, like, tiny bit of bread. And they have to separate it between, how many of them are there? Five? So, the looks like the younger kids have some kind of, like, stew or soup or something, too. Like, some kind of little stuff. So, they, they, they say their prayer, and they start separating all of the food. Or, all the food. They start separating their tiny morsel of food. <laughs> their one tortilla. <clears throat> their tortilla. <laughs> <clears throat> so, they, so, they have their late night Taco Bell run. And they start splitting it up between them. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's basically what it is, like a tortilla. And they, they split it up, and Catherine starts randomly talking about the, her, her silver cup. Mm-hmm. Now, we, this is great because we, the audience, know what happened to this cup. Yeah. We know that William knows, and we know that Caleb knows. And we also know that Thomason has no idea what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. So we watch this play out where she basically accuses Thomason of losing her cup. And her dad is a coward in this moment and refuses to speak up. And basically just end it right there and say, oh, the cup's gone. I sold the cup. It's gone. You know? She, but he try, So he tries to have it both ways. Because he starts saying, she says she doesn't know anything about it. She says she doesn't know anything about it. But instead of, he could have easily ended it by saying, she doesn't know anything about it because I, I sold it. You know, so we could get supplies, so we could eat and live. Um, So this starts to uh, draw more tension between Catherine and uh, Thomason, and it also what was what I liked about the scene is we at the same time are I was worried I was waiting for those twins to say something about the witch. Now that we know this information, I was waiting during that scene. And I was like, are they going to do it? Is this where they're going to do it? Because we know it's going to happen. Yeah. We know. The, it's a movie called The Witch. <laughs> she just said she's a witch. And we have these little fuckers. 
Something's going to happen. So we don't get it. Um, so instead, um, we get this, this next scene. And I know you guys are going to have a lot to say about this next scene. Of uh, William and Catherine in bed. So she blows out the lights, and some of them, I guess, because they're still lit so we can see them. But, uh, which, by the way, speaking of which, I've got to say this real fast. The cinematography in this movie is gorgeous. It's so a, good. It's a beautifully shot movie. I think it's a very beautiful-looking movie. Um, it's filmed with all natural light, all natural, like, candlelight, stuff that they would only be able to use at that time. So candlelight, sunlight, uh, what have you. So it's a very beautiful looking movie. Yeah, I think, uh, just to touch on that really quick, there are points in the movie, there's very few of them, but there are points in the movie when they're shooting at night, when it's so hard to see actually what's going on. But uh, yes, it is very beautifully shot. Yeah. And the way they move the camera, the camera movements are very good in it yeah. too, because it's very minimalist, um, you know, kind of let the action play out, John Carpenter approach. <clears throat> Which, you know, I'm a... I'm a school of two thoughts. I like the the steady <clears throat> John Carpenter school, but I also really like the Sam Raimi kinetic, fast-cutting, crazy angles as well, uh, depending upon the movie and the mood you're looking for. But um, they start talking about... Um, basically, she can't let it... She's, first, she starts talking about uh, the baby and how broken she is. And then she starts... She can't let it go the cup. And she keeps talking about the cup. Keeps talking about the cup. And then she says... She said she knew nothing about the cup. And she said, well... Really the problem was that I... It's not about the sentiment of the cup. It's that we could have sold it. Could have sold it for something. Which... Right then, why didn't he just say... Oh. Just come clean. Well, it's funny you mentioned that. Because uh, it's exactly what I thought too. When I uh, sold it... But he doesn't. He doesn't complain. Instead, he goes along with her plan to uh, basically trade away <laughs> their daughter to another. She's getting old enough now that she needs to serve. She needs to serve another family. Those words are stinging. What do you guys think of this? I teared up watching this last night. That scene. It, like, and I didn't tear up the first four times I probably watched the movie, I don't think. But, like, that time, I was just like, man, that really hurts that she is just... They're all hearing it. Mm -hmm. They're all pretending to be asleep, and they all are listening. Mm. And they all now know that they're gonna just get rid of the daughter because they can't afford to feed everyone. Mm -hmm. And not only they can't afford to feed anyone, but she she uses religion as a, as a reason to get rid of her, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, she's not... She's a wild heart. She, these kind of things, you know. Like, I remember being her age, blah, blah. She, she's, she should have already be, She's going to start to become a woman. That should have already happened. Basically blaming her for the evil that's ascending upon the family, in, in a way. I mean, that's what she's doing. Yeah. And, um, yeah, Derek, your thoughts? Uh, so, yeah, I, I didn't quite have the emotional response, uh, to this scene, um, although, I mean, that's, 
that's kind of why you had big families uh, back in the day was they were not it's not only great you have kids but you needed those hands to help with farming help with raising the other kids like to actually you know build a life you needed as many people as possible so yeah I could definitely see how they're just a tool at the end of the day I mean obviously you care something for them but like they needed them at that time they needed them to get older so that they could start working on the farm I didn't have quite the emotional response but yeah it is hard for I I did. I had a. I had an emotional response. My emotional response was anger. I, <clears> I was angry while I was watching it because uh, my. It was just the ignorance of the time is yeah. why I got angry. The ignorance of, of you blaming, the 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 trials and tribulations that you're going through on your daughter. When really, to be honest, it seems like it's all your husband's fault because he's the one that got you guys excommunicated for whatever reason anyway. So it's like. Um, but it's the hypocrisy of using your religion to otherize somebody else just really never sets well with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, w- I had an immediate emotional response to it. Like, I was like, fuck her! <laughs> so, question. Did anybody else pick up on this? And I, I might completely be wrong. But did it seem like she came from a more prominent family in England? Because she made a reference to she wishes she was in England. Yes, yeah. they they have a whole speech about glass in this very next scene we're getting into. Um, yeah, yeah, I I agree. We'll actually touch on that right now because in the next next scene, um, Thomason wakes up and goes out to the the horses stable and sees that um, Caleb is gearing up a horse to go and. Uh, She's go- he's going to go find food. So that way, they don't have to get rid of Thomason. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want her to go. Uh, I mean, it's his sister. He loves her. He has nobody else to perv on. Um. <laughs> so what's he going to do? Use his imagination? Jeez! <laughs> oh my God. But he... They do own ghosts, wants- I'm just saying. <laughs> Lydia was disturbed deeply by your comment. She was. <laughs> oh my god. Um, it's terrible. This episode. This episode, guys. Um, so they, they set out to go do what they... You know, he goes <coughs> to help his sister. He doesn't want her to go. Um, and she, she forces him to take her with him. Because he was like, no, I'll be back. I'll be back before... Uh, midday or whatever and she's like if you don't basically let me go I'm gonna tell mom and dad right now and um so it looks like tattling has always been around so that's good to know (laughs) it survived through the ages (laughs) um so they set off and um once they get towards the woods Fowler takes off he's into the woods um, he sees the, 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 the bunny and takes off into the woods. So Caleb chases after him. He says, stay here with the horse. The horse bucks and knocks uh, Thomason off and she passes out, essentially. She's knocked out. And the horse runs off. The horse is gone. So um, Caleb is going through the woods and he finds, he hears 
Fowler cry and he sees like his dead dog which mm-hmm. uh, automatically loses a point there's a point that misses when you kill a dog <laughs> <clears throat> uh, unless it's uh, in, a, in a movie that's just 10 points anyway but um, you know we have the dead dog and then um, he stumbles upon this, this cabin this like this little shack in the woods and I wrote um, where was it Always run from creepy huts. It's a rule and of then, thumb. Uh, Everybody should. Then uh, follow. The witch walks out, and I and I said, "Never mind, smoking hot red riding hood." <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so he, of course, personally reasonable. I. Which, which is great. It is reasonable considering the, uh, the, the character traits that have been built into Caleb already. We've seen him twice. We know that he's maturing. We see him twice look at his sister, uh, her, her breast, look at her lustfully. So we know he's wanting to explore women. And this, like, <laughs> smoking hot red riding hood walks out of the hut. And, like you know, goes up and starts the kissing and then her hand turns into like the gross old wrinkly creepy witch hand and we cut. And um what did you guys think of this bit? I thought it was great. Thoughts on it? I thought uh, you know it's the uh the illusion, right? Mm. You're being lured in by the illusion and then you get that reveal that it's actually the witch, which I mean, he kind of knew that that was going to happen anyway, but mm-hmm. uh, it was very well done. I liked it a lot. And I definitely, even with as odd as that lady was, I would not have went close to that that hut. That's bad news. No. No, but if you're like a, however, turning adolescent kid, you definitely would have. No, I had more control than this guy. Oh, would you have asked her if she was a groovy chick and if she was happening in a far out way? That didn't work for me the first time. I learned my lessons. <laughs> you retired that one. <clears throat> it's a true Lydia, story. Lydia, your thoughts on the scene? Yeah, I feel the same way. Um, it's it's a cool. It's it's kind of startling because you're like, oh no! Like you kind of tell like when he starts walking up and he sees the little whatever. Smoking hot red riding hood. No, no, no. Like, he sees the door, and, like, Uh then it looks back at him, and everything starts getting kind of foggy Uh around him. Like, like not, like, you know, like, fuzzy. Like, he is being... Yeah. Yeah, like, he's being, like, drawn in, Mm -hmm. and he's already being, like, witched somehow, you know? Yeah, yeah. My camera just fell over. I don't know why. Here we go. The witch. Um, yeah, I was really curious uh, to hear Derek's thoughts on that since it was his first time watching this one. Yeah. So that's cool. So what's cool about it is you 100% know that's going to be the witch. You, it's not a surprise when the hand creeps. It's not like, oh, you know, shocking, <laughs> scary. Um, but it's, it's you know what's happening. That's why the suspense works. You know, you're like, kid, come on. First of all, bro... You look like uh, Anakin Skywalker from uh, <laughs> Episode One. You're not gonna be uh, 
This chick's not going to be hitting on you, man. You're little Annie. Maybe when you grow up to be Hayden Christensen, maybe. But in the meantime, it's not happening. You know, uh, when I was watching this movie, I, I didn't rewind it, so I just let it uh, play through. But uh, it almost seemed as if it were it was a somebody. Obviously, it was somebody else's hand. But like, I felt like the shot revealed that it was somebody else's hand. And the end of this movie kind of reinforces that for me. That it was she was not alone in that. Yes, yes. So um, when Thomason wakes up, she uh, she hears the family start searching for them, start searching for Thomason and Caleb, and they're they're yelling their names. And <clears throat> William finds her, comes in and gives her a big hug, and uh, asks where Caleb is, and he tells her she tells him that she's gone. And then we cut back to the interior of the house, and it's raining. And uh, William says he's going to go out to look for him. Um, they have no horse. They have no supplies. They did, however, find the rat. I mean, he did find the rabbit, technically, before he was lured into the woods. Um, found the dead one uh, that they hooked up to the thing. But uh, he's like, I'm going to go find him. And this is where she starts, uh, Catherine starts breaking down to th- on, onto Tom- Thomason really hard. Starts blaming her for everything. Um, until finally, William grows a pair and says, it was me. I'm the one that sold your cup. I'm the one that took Caleb to the woods. We were in the woods looking for food. Because... Be- I was going to make it a surprise, but because we don't have anything, and she slaps him, and they go back inside, and... She totally breaks down after she slaps him, too. Yes. Because it's out of their character to, to all turn against each other and lie to each other, and they're, they're a super loving family, and she just slapped the man she loved, and she just, like, totally loses her mind. Yes, she does. And then she, um, they go inside and he's, she's like, uh, Thomason's like tapping his wound sure <laughs> he's okay. And, uh, <clears throat> the twins are sitting over there and she's like, just, you know, pissed basically. And she says, mother, have you, uh, put down the goats yet? And she says, no, I've not bedded the goats. Well, I'll do it. It can wait till tomorrow. No, I've got to go do it. So she says, come here, child of mine. And she gives her a kiss on the forehead and says, hurry back. So it's almost like she is, that's kind of her way of apologizing mm-hmm. for the stuff that had been brought up before. Because now she realizes that she's been putting the blame on the wrong person this whole time. It's been her husband this whole time that has been uh, kind of lying uh, and not being truthful to um, his entire family, essentially, uh, which is very interesting. Um, so she goes out into the, the goat barn, I guess that's what you'd call it, the goat house. <laughs> call it the goat house, that sounds cool. Kind of sounds like a, a bar you'd find on the side of a highway, but... <laughs> Let's all grab a drink at the goat house. Um, and while she's out there, she hears 
something out outside, and she finds Caleb naked, wandering, with scratches <clears> on him, <throat> and he collapses, and she grab catches him, and she hollers for her parents. And then we get to the real shit. <laughs> it starts to go down at this point. Right. This oh is where it gosh. starts. This is where it starts to go down. Uh, what, when Caleb returns, I wrote that uh, we all know what he's doing. He's he's Caleb's doing the walk of shame <laughs> after hooking up with that that hot red right. <laughs> He's like, I'm, I'm done with my bender. I'm ready to come home. <laughs> I mean, she even took his clothes, man. <laughs> he had a great time. Uh, so he comes back and he's like out of it, essentially. He's bedridden. Bedridden. And um, so they start to like try to help him. And this is what I was talking about. So they immediately start to perform their medicine on him, which consists of taking a knife and cutting his the side of his forehead and bleeding it into a bowl. <laughs> yeah, the bloodletting. Bloodletting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Oh. What are your thoughts on this this little bit, the bloodletting in particular? I'm sure it worked wonders. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, I rewound it just to make sure that. <laughs> you got it right. I'm like, man, that's uh, that's interesting. You're like, wait, what's going on here? What? Oh, I see. I see. Mm. They get their medical advice from Facebook. Got it. I mean, I'm shocked that they didn't... Uh, <laughs> I was going to say, I'm, I was expecting them to get the leeches out so they could suck yeah. the blood out of it. <clears throat> yeah. So, um, this next scene is our crucible moment. This is our crucible moment. And real quick. You real all know quick. what that means. Uh, yeah. You know, it, it feels like the entities in this movie are really, uh, like, breaking the family down from the inside out. Right? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That if their faith is what binds them together, like, literally, they have systematically just dismantled this family. Break it. Faith yeah. and all. And they've turned them against each other. Um, they've forced them to commit sin. What have you. But, uh, yeah, anyway, I just thought I'd throw that out there. That's No, like that. that's a very good point. And that's, it's kind of the, uh, like, you know, the uh, Yojimbo effect, right? You, mm-hmm. you, take, you take the enemy apart from within. You turn them against each other. Um, is how you, you know, how you do it. And that's absolutely right, Derek. I, I agree with that. Um, so we have the crucible scene coming up here where basically they're all surrounded. It's actually one of the most effectively scary, <coughs> scary scenes in the movie, in my opinion. Because um, they're all surrounding Caleb. William is, at this point, like, desperate. He's like, uh, she, she keeps praying. She just keeps praying. That's, that's her solution. That's Catherine's solution for this. Is just, let's just keep praying over him. I keep praying that God will make him feel better. Let's just keep doing that. And William says he needs a doctor. That's what he needs is a doctor. Again, where he's right, you know, right in that line of faith and, and reason. Yeah. 
Though the doctor would probably say, uh, you know, uh, hit yourself in the head with these two stones and call me in the morning. <laughs> you know, for all their medical expertise. Yeah. But um, here's some goat piss. She <laughs> pour it on your wound; it'll be fine. Yeah. So they, um, she starts saying that it's witchery. This, this, he's uh, he's been bewitched, and he says a really interesting line here. William says, "We've got to take." Him to the we've got to take him into town because he's also going to take Thomaston to these uh, this other family, and he says, uh, "We'll take him to the doctor, and the doctor will be able to tell us if if he's bewitched or not." So, you know, the 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 fact that the the you know the superstition in medicine were combined at that time is very interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, she. She continues the, the prayer thing, and it's at this point where the twins accuse Thomason of being a witch. Says that she's the one that bewitched him. And said he, he, she told us, she said if we did anything, she would, do, she would eat us. And he's like, that's not true. And he makes, William makes her get on her knees, look, her, look him in the eye, and recite prayer to her. Which she does. She's like, I'm not a witch. This is not me. She thinks it's the, the kids. They're the ones that keep talking to Black Philip. They're the ones that keep talking to the goat. They're the ones that's the witch. Think about it. They're the ones that came to us. They're the ones that uh, started bringing it all on. It has to be them. And at this point, Caleb starts talking. He starts rising up and he starts doing this thing. They, they start praying over him. And... Uh, they all start reciting the prayer, and then he gets up and he starts talking to Jesus. Like, he sees <clears> Jesus, <throat> and he starts talking to him, telling him how great his kisses feel, and how he can't wait to lay in his lap, and all of these things, and he smiles, and he's, and he's happy. Then he dies. So you also have the twins at the same time. At the same time, yeah. Who are, like... Talking in tongues or saying similar things, and then they collapse. Yes, they are repeating what he's saying. They're repeating what he's saying, and then they keep repeating it. And when he dies, they fall down and pass out and act catatonic, like basically to prove that Thomason's a witch. I wrote that they're uh, evil little bastards. They are, man. That scene where the dad picks them up, that one kid, and yeah, then he's like, great. oh, wait. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> what do you guys think of this scene? First of all, that kid did so good. He did. He did a great at job. At acting this. I mean, they all did great, but, like, congratulations to that kid. He is so young, and to pull off such a serious... Yep. Like scary scene is incredible. Yeah. Like and deliver those lines in old English. Like, come on. Yeah, that's definitely something you have to learn. I feel like the lines in this movie you had to just learn phonetically. You just had to learn and then after you learned the the, the words, then you had to place meaning to them. Mm-hmm. I mean that's how I assume, I mean that's how I used to have to do with Shakespeare is you're like, What thou's launder, window break? What's over there? Gotcha. You know? Like, <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. Did a great job. Uh, what do you think of the scene in general? Uh, 
Either of you. <laughs> Probably the most powerful scene in the movie. Um, not only because uh, one of their family members has now died, but like, yeah, he coughed up an apple, right? Yes. I assume that's what that yes. was. So then that gives credence to the power of the witch, right? So, and it's also like the moment where the family literally just falls completely apart. Yeah, that's Every, where it shattered beyond repair. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, even uh, to the point where uh, the father has, you know, he locks the little girl in mm -hmm. the goat house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And actually yeah. the two little kids as well. Uh, yes. You know, he, he nails not, the... Not quite yet. Not quite yet. Too. Yeah. Um, but this is that, this is the moment. This is... Yes, this is the breaking point. Of, you yes. know, everything kind of coming together and the, like, the vase shattering, if you will. This is mm -hmm. where it all goes awry. Yeah. I also feel like this is the best scene in the movie because it kind of, it is that, that propelling into the third act kind of thing. It is the yep. the catalyst that breaks everything. And um, we see that the twins are just no good. <laughs> They're no good. And uh, the mom has lost all faith in everything. She's shattered. She lost her second child. Um, the dad doesn't know what's going on. William is just a broken man because he's to, basically to blame for a lot of it. And then... Um, at the center of it, you have Thomason not knowing what the hell is going on. Yep. And she's just, like, trying to live her life. And she's... She, earlier in the movie, she has a confession. She has a confession scene where she confesses to not really believing anymore. Not really... She knows that she'll probably burn in hell. And she knows these things, but she wants to experience life. And not like it is. She confesses this to God during her prayer early in the movie. You guys remember that scene? No. You don't? Now I, yeah. now I do, actually, yeah. now that you're saying it. I can picture it, but, like, I probably didn't realize what she was saying at that yeah. time. Yeah, well, that's because she was speaking in old, old English and you didn't turn on the yeah. subtitles. That's the trick. <laughs> I think we probably turn on our subtitles right after that, actually. Yeah, yeah. This was the first time I watched the movie with subtitles. Because so. then you had to see what was going on, yeah. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, so I think that that's a parallel for what happens in the end because she she's seeking that. She's seeking something else because this religion isn't working for her. She wants something other. So the uh, Thomason runs out because the mom tells her to get out, makes her run thing, and then her father catches up with her and basically says, hey, you need to tell me what's going on. Because uh, he starts it off like he's really sympathetic and loves her, and he's like, but well, you need to tell me what's going on, <clears throat> because there's going to be a trial tomorrow. Essentially, <laughs> like, we're gonna, they're going to try you as a witch. See if you floated and shit. Like, madness. And she's like, I'm not a witch, what are you talking about? And then she finally breaks down and she gives it to him. Yeah, she does. With both barrels. Um, she basically tells, calls him a hypocrite. Says that he's weak. He's a liar. Uh, and these are all true facts. These are all true. <clears throat> because everything that bad that happens, the catalyst is it starts with <clears throat> him lying about something. Yep. Uh, that's what I got out of it. What did you guys think? Yeah, definitely. She, she, he, he says, 
you know, until you start like speaking truth to me, I can't help you. And she's like, oh, you want some truth? Yeah. Here's some truth for you, buddy. Yeah. It's like, you let me suffer this whole time and kept letting me take the fall for all your eyes. <laughs> like going into the woods and whatever else. <laughs> Selling fucking your silver. The silver cup. Yeah. Yeah. So at this point, he just has enough of everybody. Because <clears throat> she says it's the twins. The twins say it's her. And she's like, they're lying. Trust me. They're lying. So that's when the scene happened that you were talking about, Derek. Where he picks the kid up and the kid's like, ah! <laughs> completely <laughs> snaps out of it. It's like he's filming a scene from Roomies. <laughs> and um, he's like, wild. ah! And that he, speech... Uh, that speech that he gives right there is so cool. I really like that scene. Yeah. So, when he goes back into the house and he's like, now tell her what you just told me. And she's like, I don't know. I don't know for sure. And he's like, you knew for sure a minute ago. Yeah. And he just goes off and is like, I'm, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take these kids and. Yes. Like. I'm going to. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, uh, kill Jonah or I'm going to kill Jonas. Like. Uh, like God wanted Abraham to smite and mm-hmm. <clears throat> goes on this whole tirade about how he's going to just smash him over the head and, and, and shit which is crazy yes and then that's but what he was doing it on purpose yeah like, to, to, to kind of beat it into them so you know the severity of this and that's when yeah and that's when the kid's like <laughs> and he's like oh they are faking it so guess what here's the thing well, I'm going to throw all of you in the goat house <laughs> You're all grounded to the goat house. God. We also, we, we also missed a bit earlier where she's milking the goat. Oh, yeah, we did miss that. And yeah. while she's milking the goat, the, the goat milks blood. Yeah. Which is right prior to the Caleb thing. Um, because the kids are like, see, she, she, <coughs> the, you know, it turns the... The reason the crops are bad is because she's a witch. The reason that the, the blood turned is because she's a witch. And uh, all of that. So she, they've accused her multiple times before she actually accuses the parents. She even, like, mm-hmm. at that scene, I feel like she even questions if she's a witch at that point. Yeah, well, she's been, she, knows, she thinks somebody's a witch at that point. Yeah. And yeah, she definitely... She knows that she's never made a deal with, with any entity. So she knows right. that bit. But yeah. she's like, something's going on. What the fuck is going on? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so they're locked in the goat house, and uh, he is off. And while where is where where does William go? Does he just pass out? I thought he just passed out in the bed. I think because he just passes the, out. Yeah, the wife wakes yes. up. Yes. Yes, I think that's right. So we see the 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 uh, unforgiven old wrinkly witch show up and uh in the the barn in the goat house and it's really creepy and they of course all freak out and uh it starts (laughs) laughing which kind of reminded me of i'm gonna go down in that cellar and carve ourselves a witch (laughs) um scene from evil dead 2 and uh at the same time that this is going on, Caleb and Sammy appear 
to Catherine in the bedroom. Yeah. And she starts talking to her and asking her, hey, do you want to sign, read from the, you know, sign in this book? Uh, you know, I need you to do, you know, we can be with us forever. All this stuff. And so she's seeing them and then she's like, goes to breastfeed uh, Sammy and we cut to see what's actually happening and her titties being pecked on by a crow. That was so weird. So it was very disturbing. Freaky. Yeah, yeah. I was like so disturbing. She's like laughing while it's happening. <laughs> like, oh this feels so good. Yeah. Like don't think it does. Don't don't think so. It's like go bleeding and shit. Next week and see what happens. <laughs> And see what happens. (laughs) Good lord. Anyway. (laughs) Next you're going to buy a dog and a jar of peanut butter. (laughs) It's not cheating. (laughs) Jeez Louise. So, when we cut back to the barn, the kids are gone. Uh, both the twins. The twins are bye-byesville. And when... It never really gives an explanation, right? I didn't no, see an explanation. No. Just their clothes. No, we just... The creeping laugh, and then they all back <clears> against <throat> the wall, and then we cut to the other thing and see the, the, the bird pecking on her breast. And then um, William wakes up the next morning... And goes down to check on his kids, and that's when he sees that the barn is uh, tore apart, like dismantled. And Thomason's laying there. Yeah. And he immediately blames her. And he starts to do or say something, and he's impaled by Black Philip. Dude. Right so, the, yeah, because the other goats are dead, and they're strung yeah. about the yard. There's and she's just goats everywhere there. dead. Yep, and she's laying there unscathed. Uh, the, the twins are gone. And so he doesn't see Black Philip, and Black Philip comes up and just impales him mm. with, with, the, uh, with his horn. So he grabs a machete, or an, uh, an, axe. Uh, uh, yeah. an axe, and he goes to... Uh, you think he's going to hit it, then he just drops it. Mm-hmm. And then he gets, like, destroyed into, like, the pile of wood. Like, he just gets, like, a... It's like a freaking, uh, I don't know, um, a smashing. He gets destroyed like a Ray Lewis hit or something. He gets Mormoned is what really happens. He gets hit like a Sean Taylor to Mormon in the <laughs> Pro Bowl. It's just a destroying. Yeah. <clears throat> he just didn't get back up. Yeah, he didn't get back up at all. He's gone. He smashes into this wood. And then um, Catherine comes out and sees all of this. Sees her dead husband. Missing kids, just sees Thomason, and immediately attacks her. Yeah. And starts, like, hitting her and attacking her and blaming her for everything. Um, so she, in self-defense, grabs uh, this knife and whatever it is. It's like some kind of knife thing. And hits her with it to get her away. And she gets a cut right here above her eye and down here. And 
she starts strangling her to death. And she's trying to not, she doesn't want to hurt her mom. She doesn't want to do it. But her mom keeps strangling her. And she can't breathe, so she whacks her like three or four times. Yeah. And then the mom just falls still. And she lays there and hugs her for a while. And then pushes her off of her. Then she goes inside and she changes her clothes. And then she can't, she falls asleep at the table. What do you guys think of that whole bit right there? We'll cut it off there before we get to the next scene. What do you guys think of this, this, this bit? The death of the parents. So intense. It's just like, it's so devastating. It's so sad. Like, even though you've seen these people, like, go through all this, you're like, you don't want anything bad to actually happen to them. And, like, I can't say that for a lot of other movies. Like, usually I'm rooting for, like, I'll be like, yes, Black Phillip, like, destroy those guys. But, like, this is just a sad and devastating one because you feel for them and they're really just, like, a good family that got, like, really bad luck. Derek. Just, like, wound up in the wrong spot. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, uh, it was, it was really surprised when the dad got rammed. <laughs> with the horn like that was out of nowhere <clears throat> and then the fact that like the entire movie he's been chopping off this wood and then he like gets you know ran into it and it falls over on him and you're just like oh that was a giant pile of wood that you had chopped out there but uh yeah and then you know the fact that she had to kill her mom and they had had this strained rela uh, relationship all through the movie and then it kind of uh ended the way that it did it was it was really heartbreaking it was, uh, you know, sad. Yeah, so my interpretation of it is a little different. I mean, it's the same. I mean, you do feel for them. But also, um, I think metaphorically, it is her breaking away from her family, from what those, what those people represent, which was this um, uh, oppression, essentially. In the, she, so they rep she represents this oppression and... This, this religious kind of way of life, uh, and this is her being free. Now, of course, she, she doesn't kill her dad. She has to kill her mom in self-defense. She didn't want to do it. But with her whole family gone, she kind of has an open life to do what she wants. Right? She's free, essentially, until this happens. She goes out to the barn, and she has to know about Black Phillip. So she talks to Black Phillip. And as she's talking to him, she's like, you know, are you real? What, what say you? Talk, speak to me. I demand it. And then she starts to walk away, and he speaks in a human voice. And, he, and she's just as shocked as uh, I would be. You know? <laughs> what? Um, and he transforms right in front of her eyes from a, a goat to a man. Dressed in all black, like wearing like some kind of like a Captain Hook cosplay or something like that. He's like totally like upper class uh, gentleman. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And he asked, you know, and she's, he said, what do you want? She said, what are you offering? And he starts offering her all these earthly pleasures that she's never had before. And then he says, but you just got to sign on this lot, you know, got to sign the book. And she said, I can't write my name. And he says, I will guide your hand. Mm -hmm. So fucking creepy. 
so and scary. So good. <clears throat> so she um, does. And then the next scene, we she's naked. He Well, he takes off her... See, he tells her to take off her thing, so he takes it off of her. And then the next scene, we see her naked from behind walking in the woods. And Black Philip has turned back into a goat, and he's walking beside her, leading her. And we see this bonfire, right? And we see all the... We hear these women, like, chanting, Bah! Dead by dawn! Oh, wait, that's the wrong movie. But we see them chanting. <laughs> and... Uh, she walks upon it and sees it for the first time. And then she starts to levitate <clears throat> with them. And then she starts laughing maniacally, and we end. Yeah. So what do you guys, A, think of this ending, and B, what do you think it means? Let's start with you, Derek. So, uh, she definitely joined a coven. <laughs> Um, I mean, it, uh, I didn't really think about it too much at the time, but it could, like, the, the elevation could be her, like, ascension into, like, this realm of unknown, uh, and, like, the things that he had promised her, like, this is your, your passage, this is how you get to that, to that. Um, I mean, it, it was, uh, it was an interesting ending, but, uh, you know, I didn't think too much into it I probably should have Lydia I really liked it <laughs> um, I think you're right I think it's a lot of like freedom from religion and oppression and stuff like that and I mean like I don't know what's more free than a coven of naked witches screaming and chanting and singing and dancing around a fire in the middle of the woods like it's so weird but it's so like I don't know it's like something that you'll never do you know how do you know I could do that tomorrow well I mean maybe you could do it I guess but like I don't know it's like it's just crazy like there's something about witches that I've always loved but this movie makes witches scary again so Here's my interpretation of the ending. And I don't know what you guys are going to think of it, but <clears throat> here's my take. Um, I was thinking about it a lot last night, after I'd watched it. Because my first, you know, instinct was, you know, <coughs> oh, she, you know, this was her moving forward. You know, like we talked about, her ascension. But I think that she... I think the ending is actually a depressing ending. Because what I think she did because she's lived under oppression her whole life, is she switched one religion for another religion. Mm. She switches one set of rules in one uh, patriarchy to rule over her for another. Right? And this one wants her to... I mean, she is free, but she is going to do some bad things if it's by any stretch of what this, this other witch did. Mm-hmm. That's true. So I think that there was a chance, there was a choice there that she had where she could have chose neither and just figured out her own path. But it's like, you know, uh, she goes from one cult to another cult. That was my interpretation. What do you guys think of that? Yeah, I think that's accurate. I can see where you 
you came uh, to that conclusion. I get it. I, I mean, it, one is definitely like less impressive, but also the price, depending on your morals, yeah. is much higher. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, I definitely see where you could have come to that conclusion. And I, I mean, I liked the ending. It was good because it, um, because it leaves it leaves open for interpretation. You know, some people mm -hmm. can see that scene and be like, "Oh, well, I think that." Uh, I mean, I guess if they just completely disregard the rest of the movie that they watch, this is a this is leading her to a good place. You know, um, or you could see it as, well, she, you know, uh, it's a bad ending for her. Um, so yeah, I really liked it. I so, think I have a twisted viewpoint on it because like since I was really little, I wanted to be a witch and I wanted to like fly on a broom like so bad. So I think that's probably why I get really excited when I see the end of this movie. I guess <laughs> when I was really little, I always wanted to be married to a witch. But that's because I watched a lot of Bewitched. Yes. So it was I like do you guys... Yeah. yeah go ahead. Did you guys ever watch Casper Meets Wendy? No, we no. we missed that one. Because You're... we were just a little too old for that. <laughs> that we, was my movie. Right we there. definitely watched the first Casper. Because we were of of, eight, of the right age for... I did. You yeah, watched did it too, too right yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. We, I went to the movies and saw it with mom and dad. And thought it was awesome. You know. Shout out to... Young Christina Ricci and Devin Sawa. Good good work, guys. <laughs> hey, shout out to Hilary Duff and whoever played Casper in the second movie. <laughs> like, uh, that was Casper. It was it was him. They just did a seance and he popped right. up and did a scene. So it was, <laughs> yes. they paid him with they they paid him with friend friendship because that's what he wants. <laughs> Friendship and uh, Christina Ricci kisses, which, I mean, that's what I would work for. Right. There's a lot of witch movies out there, and I watched a lot of them when I was a kid, and I loved witches, so yeah. I was really excited when this movie came out. We'll get into some other witch movies, because there's some good ones to talk about. We'll definitely get into the craft at some point, um, and, um, you know, other ones. Like the great Nicole Kidman remake of Bewitched. <laughs> right? That doesn't sound interesting at all. <laughs> I saw that in theaters. Did you really? Oh. Yeah, I did. You poor thing. I watch <clears throat> all witch movies. <laughs> so, guys, uh, let's get into our rankings for this one. Uh, let's start with you, Lydia, since you've seen this, and we kind of already know you're going to have a high mark for it. Uh, what do you give The Witch? Um, I'm going to give it a 10. Oh, going with the big guns, okay. And why a 10 and not like an 8 or a 7.25 or 8 I, and 3 quarters? I was, I was going to take a point off for the dog death. I was going to give it a nine, but you really don't get very connected with a dog. So I was like, fine. I mean, you don't see like the cute puppy eyes. Like you just kind of see the dog running around a little bit. And it, the rest of the movie is perfect. So 10. Derek. 
What do you give the witch? Uh, I'm going to give this a uh, 7.67, or if you're into fractions, 7 and 2 thirds. I told you. Oh, that's high mark for you, actually, though. No, I, I like this a lot. Uh, you were 100% uh, correct. The cinematography in this movie is fantastic. The lighting in certain situations, like uh, when they're in the barn or they're out in the woods and it's nighttime, it's a little hard to see, but uh, you know the the shots were like right on the money. Um, there was great suspense. The story made sense. Um, it was also it, it was very simple. It was a family um, kind of out in the woods by themselves, but uh, you know it was really compelling. It, it was a good movie. I liked it a lot. So I had a rating in mind for this movie after I watched it last night. And um, I had a rating from the first time I saw it to the second time I saw it, and then for our discussion of it today. So like I had kind of different ratings. Uh, but after our discussion about it and such, um, and talking through it, I'm going to give it an, an 8 out of 10. It went up from, I was going to give it a 7. Because it's not my normal, typical uh, horror movie that I, like if, so yeah, I have to be, I would have to be in the mood for sure to watch The Witch. So like if on a normal day you gave me a choice between watching The Witch or Creep Show, I'm going to watch Creep Show nine times out of ten because it's more fun to watch. There's more shit happening. Uh, it's more energetic. But this movie, when you're in the right mood, is just beautifully written and well acted and beautifully shot yeah. uh, super well directed uh, there's not a uh, um, technically as a, from a technical standpoint of the film it, there's nothing it's, it's, a, it's, it's perfectly made it's like there's really no flaws in the technical aspect of it um, and it's what they the word I hate is elevated horror they call it elevated horror and I think that's bullshit horror is horror um, you could have, I mean, if you call this elevated horror, I mean, isn't The Shining elevated horror too then? You know, uh, The Shining or Dr. Sleep, would you consider that elevated horror? So we will not use the word elevated horror here in Screen Bloody Movies because I hate it. I mean, you just used the word like ten is, times. But. Yeah. <laughs> if you use it, you're done. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. <laughs> But yeah, uh, 8 out of 10. I enjoyed this movie a lot. It's a good recommendation. Lydia, I know you were worried when you picked it for us to watch it. Uh, I think you were worried we were going to like destroy it or something. Like we were going to be like, yeah, I was gonna... movie sucks! Well, and that's what I was worried because that's like 100%. Like you said, like if you had another choice, like Creepshow, you'd pick Creepshow instead of this. But like for me, like this is right up my alley of how I want a movie to flow and like the story and the atmosphere and everything about it i like i really enjoy these like slower movies yeah i i do too depending upon the you know the mood i'm in for sure mm -hmm. if i'm in the mood for that i i love it but there's sometimes i just want to watch jason hacking up teenagers <clears throat> and that's okay that's yeah. that's okay um so guys derek where'd you go I'm right here. Are you still there? Oh, okay. Your face disappeared. There you go. Um, so, guys, 
who would Tom Atkins play in The Witch? Oh, well... Tom and... <laughs> Get out of here with that. <laughs> I, I would probably have him play the... Uh, uh, what was the goat's name? Black Phillip. Black Phillip. I don't know. I don't. I thought the dad was so perfectly cast. I th- yeah. Most, the, honestly, everybody was. in this movie was perfectly cast. Yes. So yes, I would. Uh, <laughs> I'll go with the goat man. <laughs> There's also a small cast, Lydia? so it's not like you have a lot of options. Right. Yeah. Right. Lydia. Um. Yeah, we didn't really uh, talk about, like, there are some characters at the beginning um, in yeah. the church. Yeah, I actually think the governor was also perfectly cast. <laughs> he was great, so we really can't replace him either. Yeah. He's amazing. Oh, I know exactly who, uh, Tom Mac- you're right, Derek. Tom Atkins would play uh, Black Phillip when he yeah. transforms, but instead of, like, not really seeing his face, we'd 100% <laughs> see his face, because then we realize... Why she un- why she is so anxious to sign that book? It's fucking Tom Atkins. <laughs> yeah, like he's like, "What can I offer you?" And he like throws down a cigarette and takes a drink of beer. And she's like, "Everything. <laughs> I will sign anything you wish." <laughs> That's why God Black created Phillip. pens, babe. That's why God created pens. <laughs> yes, exactly. Or. He plays the goat version and just runs around on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> and you actually hear him talking to the kids. He's like, hey, go over there and fuck with your sister. <laughs> <laughs> she's a witch. I just know it. I know she's a witch. Go tell her. <laughs> and he's got, he's got the horns and he's just yeah, he's sitting down drinking beer. beer and a cigarette. <laughs> Oh, man. So that was The Witch, guys. Uh, good pick, Lydia. What? Oh, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> They're not going to see this. We're using a completely different video feed. Hey, I got sophisticated it's all of a sudden, us. okay? <laughs> good Lord. <laughs> um, so what's the next movie, Derek? Uh, I was actually going to look. I'm going to go off uh, the screen. Uh, give me just a second because I don't recall. Oh. Okay. Okay. Lydia and I will vamp during the time. <clears throat> we can cut this out. <laughs> no, it'll be fine. Um, uh, let's see. Night of the Lydia. Demons. That's next. Yep. All right. Awesome. So, folks, next week, uh, it's on Amazon Prime, right? Uh, I'm not sure. I think it. Yeah, it's on Amazon Prime. That's where uh, we watched it, it last. It has been for a while, yeah. I think. Yeah. So, <coughs> next week, folks, you need to grab your pentagrams, take a tube of lipstick, get it ready, and find the nearest guy that snorts like a hog, and head on over to the most uh, haunted place you can think of, because it's time to experience Night of the Demons. Yeah. Oh, if you have right. an option, go with the crematorium. Yeah, definitely. It's the, the best way to go. Uh, so, stay tuned for that. Like I said, it's on um, Amazon Prime. Also, don't forget to think of what movies you want us to cover on our 
four flick 24 hour marathon four flicks one night three hosts two bottles of acid reflux medicine probably <laughs> one room zero chances for Lydia to escape our farts it is gonna be epic Derek where are you now? I'm in my office <laughs> All right, folks, that's it for this week. Uh, be sure to like, subscribe, share with all of your friends. And also, be sure to comment those movies down below. And remember, for Derek Lemaster, Lydia Judy, and me, Jamie Hiles, if you're going to scream, scream, scream bloody, bloody movies. movies. <laughs> oh, wow. The, it wasn't it, me. It's, it's good. Good job. I think it was I all of us. I think we nailed it. Oh, we nailed it. Well, I think we can mess with the timing to nail it. For sure. <laughs> Screen bloody movies. Good night, folks. <laughs>